Hello and welcome to the Potshot Podcast, an Arsenal podcast for nerds. I'm Alex Towles. And I'm Alex Collins. And today we are joined by Abdul, who is an Arsenal fan and a Brentford fan, which is going to be very useful for talking about Brentford later on in the pod. Hello, Abdul. How are you doing? Hey, guys. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Um, it's going to be a kind of a weird game that both my teams are playing. <laughs> but yeah, quite excited to be here. Today we are going to be talking about the United game, which we did go on to lose, unfortunately. We lost it 3-1 because I should stop predicting football matches and 3-1. Uh, the Zurich game will be discussed as well, uh, not in very much detail, uh, but we should probably cover it. We've played and we won. Uh, and then we'll be finishing off with a look ahead to this weekend's game against Brentford. A couple quick points of order before we get into today's episode. Um, first of all, apologies for the fact that we didn't do an episode last week. Uh, life just conspired in such a way where that wasn't going to be possible. Uh, I was on holiday and Alex had a lot of uni work to do. It just wasn't going to happen. And uh, also, uh, Abdul is here, but he is recording from a suboptimal location. So if the audio isn't great through the podcast, we apologize. Um, Abdul, where are you right now? In a park. A park nearby my house. Abdul is in a park. Uh, so if you hear the sounds of happy children playing, uh, or anything you may may not hear in a park, uh, that's not, not, it's not just like happening in the outside world, that's Abdul, because Abdul is in a park. So, the United game. There's been a lot of ranting and raving in Manchester United circles about how, like, they were amazing and they wiped the floor with us and blah de blah de blah uh, but let, let's cut the crap here. Alex, did they actually look that good, or did we just make them look good? Yeah, so I think after after the game, my opinion was that we were the better team overall and that we just kind of lost in the key moments. I think watching it back, that's still largely where I kind of stand, but I think it is one of those games where I think we were the better team, but... Like, I don't think the result is unfair on United. I think they were very good too. I think it could have been, like, either way, it could have, it could have been, it could have gone either way. So, and basically the big difference is I think we had that kind of control, um, and dominance for the most part. Not to say that they didn't have their moments where they were in control and were better than us for periods. I think the first 10 minutes of the game is a good, is a good example of that. Um, but I think where the key difference came is we didn't really have those like key moments that came about, and they did. They had those one or two moments of quality that really cut us apart, and we made mistakes that got punished, and they made mistakes that didn't get punished. I think that's that's really what it comes down to. Yeah, that, that's fair enough. Uh, Abdul, what are your thoughts on the game? Um, so I think the first ten minutes, um, up until the disallowed goal from Martinelli. Um, I thought United started really strongly, they had a lot of pressure, they were keeping the ball quite well. And then we broke away, we got the, the goal that was eventually out. And I think afterwards we then started to control the game, uh, we had a lot, a lot of possession, um, we started to pin them back, and I think, uh, I think Martinelli had the header that was saved by today as well, and a few other like pot shots. But um, I felt we were playing rather well until uh, Anthony uh, opened the scoring. We got a deserved equaliser in the second half. Um, we just we really, really should have scored before Saka eventually did. Um, and then at that point, I, I was thinking, okay, we, we can go and win this. Game. But um, by this point, I think we were the better team. Um, and then United then scored that. Yeah, we scored. They scored that second goal that just very quickly after we scored. And and then we didn't really have enough time before. For um, for this goal, the third goal. I was only about I think about less than ten minutes after they scored their second goal, they then got their third to kill the game off. So yeah, like Alex said, I think it's just a case of they punished our mistakes. Um, we didn't punish enough of theirs. Like, I think it's just a case of United was just clinical. I think it's fair that they won as well. Like I think I think we were the better side, but I I, would, I wouldn't begrudge them the victory. I actually want to go back to those first ten minutes though and ask your opinion, Abdul. Like, do you think we intended to kind of drop off? Because I was kind of surprised. I thought we'd my expectations that we'd be like relatively aggressive and try take it to them, which wasn't wasn't really the case. But even in those first ten minutes, while they had a lot of control, that we kind of ceded to them, and I think maybe it wasn't the best thing. 
I don't think we were particularly threatened. So I was wondering, like, if you think that our plan was to kind of sit off a little bit and then catch them on the break like we did with Martinelli. And I think that kind of woke them up a little bit, maybe scared them a bit. But, but yeah, do you think that was part of our plan? I think partly yes. But um, I think the main thing is that, you know, when you stay away from home in the Premier League, you either start brilliantly or the other team starts brilliantly. You know, it's, it's very hard for a, a game to start dull. Um, unless if one team is fast period and they're starting off. Like, if you think about the Fulham game, for example, the first like 10, 15 minutes, we were obviously the better team, but it was still a quite a dull match. Whereas like with United game, it's a big game. They're, always, they're likely to start off really strongly. Um, but they didn't really create anything in those 10 minutes. I actually think at around 30 minutes in is where we had our best period in the match. And that's kind of when we managed to actually consolidate territory in their half. They actually really struggled. And we did that thing where... We almost created that like pressure cooker environment. I think this is probably the period. I didn't look at the stats. Apologies, but where we had our most shots. Um, basically, we just had the territory in, the, in their half, and we had a really, really nice system of like kind of building these players going in, putting the ball in, and then like shuffling out, rotating out, and being able to to prepare that defense. That every time United had a little bit of a chance to kind of get the ball out of our half. Um, they couldn't, and we just kept putting balls in. Nothing really came on, came off. We didn't have that period, like that moment of quality. And in the end, I think we gave it away because I think it was either Sambi or Gabriel who like fouled them trying to break out, and then they got the ball and were able to play. But I think that was definitely our best period. Um, and I think that's kind of what we were like aiming to do. We just only really managed to consolidate that, like that control. And you know, we've seen that we saw that versus Fulham. We've seen it versus Leicester. We've seen it versus Bournemouth, where we've been able to do this and just consolidate territory in the opposition half. And then almost pressure cooker feels more like something maybe you would say like for Man City because you can just see it building up and heating up. But this is more like just sending balls in, rotating our players, being able to protect it. So as soon as as soon as they like we lose possession, our counter press catches them immediately. Unfortunately, right after that, at around thirty-four minutes, we conceded their goal. And I I actually wrote like I think it was sloppy. I think it was good play from them, so fair play. But I think there were lots of like little mistakes. And like the one that comes to my mind, well, Sambi was involved in two parts of it, and it's just something that like I don't think either mistake was huge at all. Um but it just kind of shows like what we're lacking with the six there. So I think it starts off actually where like their move starts to speed up because Sambi's too slow to close down Ericsson. It allows Ericsson just to be able to like turn and see Bruno play a nice like un unimpeded pass um, into Bruno. So that was the first mistake. It's minor, but it's like it's there, right? I think then we get to the second part so as it's coming to Bruno. I don't really mind Martinelli's positioning because he had to kind of account for both Dallo and um, Bruno. The problem was more that he was a bit slow to react to to coming across to getting Bruno, which he should have seen as soon as he saw Eriksen turning to be able to see and make that pass to Bruno. So another little minor one, but not not amazing play from a player that's usually very switched on. Then I'll 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 be devil's advocate. So basically now Bruno's got the ball and he's pushing through. I didn't mind Gabriel's decision at the during the match. I actually thought it was like the wrong decision completely, but I watched it back. I think basically Saliba's dropping off to follow to follow Rashford. Everyone has their man, and there's there's space for Bruno to run into. You kind of want to stop that. I think basically the problem was just the execution. Like Gabriel was too slow and slid in a like I wouldn't even say it was rash in terms of the decision. Just the execution was bad. Um, then basically, sorry, this is, I'm 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 halfway through this. <laughs> so basically, now the ball's coming across to Rash, coming across to Santa, right? This is my other point with Sambi. Is Sambi is still like chilling right up from where he didn't press Ericsson properly? Like he's not he's not running back. And I don't think the issue with Sambi is that he's like not hardworking or something. I think this guy just doesn't sense danger at all. So it's another minor error, but like if we had someone like Elneny or number five in that place, right? We'd have someone tracking back and covering that space. As it is, Sancho gets the ball. Um, and, you know, he's able to play it to Rashford. Sinchenko kind of closes and You can see Sinchenko thinks Rashford's going to try play it out wide to Anthony. So he closes off that gap, but that opens up a nice little channel to play forward. Um... Yes, Anthony scores from that. And then, yeah, we kind of spoke a bit before the pod with 
it was all about like Ramsdale's decision making there. Um, yeah, he kind of dives left before Anthony's had the shot, doesn't he? Yeah, I think like at the at the time, I think I was also critical of that. But watching it back, like you can kind of see as Anthony's running it, and I'm trying to like I'm not a goalkeeper like analyst guy, but I I'm trying to put myself in his position. Kind of see as Anthony's running onto the ball, it does actually look like he's going to strike it with his right. Um, and then he sh- he opens at the last moment. So I have some sympathy for Ramos, but like I-, I guess the problem is is that like it becomes very obvious at the last moment, and Ramsdale hasn't committed yet, that Anthony is going to shape open to his left after making that sort of like curving run. He's going to shape left. And then Ramsdale like, hasn't committed yet. I think he's done a decent job at this moment, but then he still, he, he still decides to commit to the left. Which is like, it's just interesting. This is like, I feel like, and I was also saying this to Abdul actually, but like when he doesn't have these moments to make like a decision between like doing A or B, he's an insane shot stopper. But as soon as you give him these things where he has to make like a decision between A and B, he often, more often than not, makes the wrong call. Like, I don't know why he, after seeing Anthony opening up and even do your homework, like Anthony is someone who is quite dependent on his left foot. Especially for striking, like, you should know he's going to strike a far post. I also had minor problems with both Saliba and Ben White covering the area behind. But that's also that's also minor. All in all, I think it wasn't great from the team. Like, lots of small mistakes led to that goal. One or two big ones, but yeah. I, I think the biggest thing for me was Sambi's positioning right at the start of the move. Uh, because, like... The the thing is, like, because cause he's so far over on that side, it means Xhaka has to drop in as well. Uh, and actually, at the point where Ericsson re- receives the ball, all three of our midfield are on the right side of the pitch if Arsenal are playing forward. That's not good. <laughs> well, do you know, just to add to that, like, Xhaka actually reacts late to to when the ball comes into Sancho. Was it Bruno? Right, because he kind of expects Sambi to have made that run back to cover that ground. So then you can see, like, he's he reacts later. Like, maybe he should have reacted earlier and come across earlier. But he didn't, he wasn't expecting Sambi to not make that run back. So it's another thing that just pulled us out of shape. And I think, like, if you're playing that position that Sambi is, it's really important to us, especially in defensive transitions. And it's, it's the reason why I have someone as mobile as him to be able to make cover that ground. But, like, if you're that slow to react to danger or not sense it at all, like, it's it's an issue. It's especially annoying because Stanley was actually really, really good on the ball um, yeah, in that agree. game. Like, his passing was good. He kept, he, you know, he, he used the ball really well. Even, like, in a defensive sense, he was fine. It's just for the fact that for the first two goals, he, you know, he, he switched off. Well, actually, most of the first goal, he switched off defensively. And, yeah, it's just annoying because I really do like him a lot. Just... I think he just needs to develop that instinct defensively because he hasn't got he hasn't got that kind of instinct um, at the moment. The thing is, I love Sambi. Like watching him, he's probably maybe my favorite of our midfielders to watch. In the, like excluding Odegaard, who's like a little bit higher up. But like on the ball, he's so much fun to watch, and you can see the quality he has. And he has like he has the raw tools defensively. I don't think there's like an issue with how he comes into tackles that isn't like fixable. Like maybe he comes in a bit like heavy. But like, it's not something that's like, you know, I think he can, he can develop really well. It's just having that, like, that being awake in transitions. And it's a big thing. I mean, it, it's costed us a couple times, like, for all of, like, his mobility and stuff that is valuable to us. Like, he, you can see, he just takes a second longer than other players to switch on, like, when, a, when a transition moment happens. And it's, that costs us, like, quite a, in a big way. And, I just think if we had, like, another player there, those defensive issues wouldn't be there. Maybe we wouldn't be as good in possession. And I think Sambi has been, of the sixes to play in our sixth role this season, he's been the best in possession by far. He's looked really good. He has a really good sense of, like, building. It's just it's just frustrating, the defensive stuff. I do want to quickly touch on the period after the first United goal, because... Uh, Earlier in the season, we made a lot about the fact that we've reacted quickly to going behind uh, and uh, leveled the score or reinstated the score like, as it was before by scoring ourselves very quickly after conceding. Uh, we obviously didn't do that against United. Is that for lack of trying on our part or is it because United stopped us from doing so? Um, I think we, we spoke about this the last time. I think it was, was it the Fulham game. 
where we said like this is we're not always going to score that like comeback goal. I didn't see anything to suggest that we fell into a shell at all, which is why I take a lot of positives from this result. Like I feel good after the United result, despite the despite the result, um, the United performance, despite the result, because we did we 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 weren't like thrown or like thrown back. We we played. I think we were the better team, maybe till the end of the half. Um, I think again it was two very equal sides. Um, but yeah, I felt good about it. And I think especially Old Trafford bar last season where like the hair kind of crumbled into like the smallest possible human shape you can to let Smith Rowe score. I think I think we've been we've had like such a mental block there that to go there and like be the dominant side, I think it's pretty encouraging. So we're not always gonna score that like immediate equalizer. Um, but I think we did a good job. You said earlier, Alex, that you think the 10 minutes or so leading up to the opener from United was our best period of play. I actually disagree ever so slightly. I think our best period of play was the first 15 or so minutes of the second half leading up to Saka's goal. Um, this might just be because I wasn't paying very much attention when I watched to the first half, uh, but I, I feel like we were pretty consistently on top from the start of the second half up to the equaliser. Uh, and then after that, we kind of fell off again a little bit as United put themselves ahead again. Uh, but like, I, I think we were playing really, really well and quite comfortably on top at that point in the game. And we scored a good goal from Saka. Oh, I would actually agree that I think that those 15 minutes between like start of second half up until Saka's goal was our strongest period. Um, but because um, to be honest, when, when Alex said that was up to um, the five minutes before they scored from the two, um, I, w- I was looking at it from the perspective that it was our best period in the first half. But I think that period was also just really, really strong. But, um, but going into the, the second half, like up until Saka scored, I think we were very dominant. Um, I think I don't think I don't think United really had a, a real chance. They were very stuck in their own half. Um, and then I think. Um, Odegaard missed a real good chance. Um, I think like either Jesus or Martinelli had like a like a decent chance. Um, and then there was uh, and then obviously we got the goal. I think Saka scored at the hour mark. So for the first hour, I think honestly that was about as well as we could have played, minus their goal, I suppose. I actually want to touch on that second goal. I think a, a key part of it, that, like a very minor part in terms of the goal itself, but it's actually just. One thing I think United did quite well against us is that how they managed to to manage Odegaard through, throughout the first half in particular. Um, I think that's the one problem with Odegaard is that big teams know, like we play through him so much that you can kind of disrupt our whole attack when you just disrupt him. And unfortunately, he's quite easy to disrupt because like of the angles that he kind of needs to to play the passes that he wants to, to play forward that he wants to, like if you kind of cut that off, you kind of force them back in. And I think they did really well. Like, I was wondering who was going to man mark or who was going to be on Odeko because I think it is a key way to stopping us. And it was actually Ericsson of all players in that first half, right? Um, but we got loose of him and you can just see how quickly, like, our whole attack kind of strung together. Like, Odegaard's pass in. I don't think it was the best ball he's ever going to play. I think it was a good world time, maybe a little bit heavy. Gabriel still, uh, Gabriel, yes, yeah, so I didn't specify which one, right? <laughs> just still gets to it, and yeah, Gabby J gets to it, and then yeah, we've got a goal. So I think, I think that was a nice thing, and maybe that was like if I watch it back, why we were looking good in your guys' opinion for the for that second half, those first fifteen minutes was maybe I think maybe as Ericsson waned a little bit or something, we had a little bit more Odegaard just being able to dictate that play. I think also just because we generally just kept the ball very well and mm-hmm. I think it's very easy to play well when you're losing because your only objective is to score from that point on but I think we managed the like the game really well you know because like we didn't score straight after they did to be fair I wouldn't say that about past us like I think in the past when we're losing we just struggle right oh no last last season we were the worst team yeah last season <laughs> we were the worst team in the league when it comes to falling behind but I think, I think in general for most teams like the reputation for like big teams should be if you fall behind, that should switch you on. Because most teams, yeah. when they score against Arsenal, they'll think, okay, we've got to hang on to the lead. So you have to then take the initiative. Moving on to there, well, the goal we considered right after that. I'm, I'm interested how much you guys think that was. Obviously, we got hit in transition, which is something 
in the pod looking forward to the United game that um, that I pointed out as like a thing I was scared of. And that happened to us twice. But let's looking at the second goal, like how how big a like a fault do you think that was on our players rather than just two really quality passes and a good finish? I I think in a similar way to the first goal, it's our midfield being slightly out of position and then not being able to recover well. Uh, so like again, small errors leading to big goal. Um, like again, it's Sambi. Uh, Sambi, I love you, but it is you. Uh, like you, it, he pulled over to the left in in possession, and uh, Zinchenko pulls into the six space to cover, which is good. That's what's meant to happen. Uh, but then we lose the ball, and uh, Zinchenko, like you, if you watch it back, you can see like his first instinct is to recover back to that left back position. So he takes a like a step or two. Like to go and do that, and then remembers, oh sod, Sambi's there. I should probably cover the six space. But like that extra step or two that he takes is what gives Bruno the space that he needs to receive and then turn and play Rashford. Um, and yeah, it's just that like that's just a kind the kind of slight split second decision making error that when you're when you're the guy you're marking is Bruno Fernandez can lead to us getting really really hurt. I think in any goal you're gonna find like some mistakes, but I think for me at least, and I, I think Abdul also when we spoke before, and he had some like issues with the second goal that maybe I didn't think of. But like I just think these are like really minor issues that there are like there are things that could have been better. But like ultimately, I think the pace at which they think that pass from Bruno is like fantastic. It's it's one of those where you kind of and we we had to be well. Did we have to be pushing? Maybe not. Maybe we didn't have to be in that position in the first place. Maybe we should have been a bit wiser. But but I just think the quality that they managed to play through, like, I, it's hard for me to, to criticize anyone specifically too much. Maybe I know Abdul brought up Ramsdale, sort of like half rush, half nuts sort of thing. Yeah, like, when it comes to like Ramsdale, like, but obviously if, if he stays in his own goal, right, just smash the top bins, like, whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, you know, it's just a case of... Um, yeah, he just should have just stayed closer to his own goal, and then made a decision afterwards. Yeah, I, I see. I see the reason there. It's like a, it's a tough one because you can look so stupid either way. Like he was, too, he rushed up too much, and then he kind of stopped, and then like, then you've caught in like a weird space, and then he did a weird attempt at the save. So yeah, no, I definitely get you. Let's talk about the third goal, uh, because. Well, it's it's an interesting one because we've just we've just spent the last few minutes talking about how we were pretty vulnerable uh, to quick vertical play through the middle, uh, and that led to us chasing the game. And while we were chasing the game, Arteta makes some substitutions to try and help us chase the game, which inadvertently makes us even more vulnerable to the thing we were already vulnerable at and United are good at, and we are immediately punished for that. Uh, with the third goal. Uh, I think the most notable thing to me uh, was that no one tracked the run of Ericsson at all. Like, before when Sambi was on the pitch, uh, like, maybe Sambi could have tracked that run, like, or Shaka or Zinchenko, one of those three guys would probably have tracked that run, whoever was at six at the time. But, like, with with Shaka being at the six, and then no, Zam- no Sambi or Zinchenko to cover... Like, no one was there to track the run of Ericsson. He just got a clean break through our back line. Uh, and then, obviously, Rashford runs through on the other side, uh, and we concede from it. And it's like, it's one of those frustrating ones where you can see exactly why Arteta made the changes to try and go for the game and get us back into it. But the downsides were obvious, and we immediately got punished for the downsides. Yeah, my my, I don't actually mind like the. I mean, I think we conceded because like the team was confused. They didn't know who was supposed to be where. I think it happened what a minute after they they scored. Yeah, pretty much after those guys. Yeah, my problem was why did we why did we sub so many guys on like all at once? And I, I think taking off both Sambi and Zinchenko, I would have kept one on. Um, just for the control, we had we like Abdul was speaking about earlier. We had a lot of control in that half, even after even when we conceded, we were still. The dominant team, we were looking better than them. So I don't know why we brought on all three, and I think that's what gave it away. So yeah, that was my issue. Was that, and I think if maybe it's not a bad thing because Arteta's still learning as a coach. Like he's been what a coach for three seasons now. Um, 
it's nice to see him being a lot more like aggressive with his subs and that you can see he has a lot of faith in the structure. I just think he, he had too much faith in, in, the, in his structure this time with like just being like nearly at, at left back. Uh, but we lost all of that. We, we, we lost that control. It was a bit naive. Um, that's where I think the goal comes from. So I don't think there's more interesting analysis than I don't think it was particularly great on their part. I think they just broke through us because no one knew what they were supposed to be doing in that moment. Yeah, like I think when it comes to that goal, like I mean, I'm loath to say, oh, we made those three subs and that caused the goal. No, the issue was more so the fact that he, um, like no one tracked the run from Ericsson and our line was like really high up and I didn't like that. I think, I think we should have dropped off a little because it's a throwing, you don't want to be too high up, um, unless, unless if you're going to win that throwing. Um, and then I think Gabriel or somebody tried to tackle Ronaldo and they failed to and then um and then like, I think Sancho slipped in behind Ericsson. So yeah, just just a very like clumsy goal to concede. Like you should never really concede a goal like that. To round off the discussion of the United game then, uh, let's return back to the question that we asked at the top which is who was in control of the game? Like, who had the better of the game? Because, like, Alex, you said at the top that you think uh, we had, like, it was a game of moments and United took their moments and we didn't. Uh, I think, uh, I agree with that assessment, but I, I think, like, in the fact that we had control of the ball, especially for much of the second half, like, what even though we had possession, uh, like, that was almost where United wanted us. I think I think they were happy to drop it, but I don't think that they were like very comfortable. I think we us not having that like final ball was good for them. I think we, I don't think that we, they had them with they had us where they wanted us because we put in some good balls that could have been a goal. And like for the first fifteen minutes of the second half, like up to the Saka goal, I agree a hundred percent. Like we looked really threatening. But after the Saka goal, I don't think we really threatened at all. Like those last fifteen minutes when it was 3-1 and we were chasing the game, like, there was no... I, I I never really felt like we were going to score. It felt like United were just kind of letting us come at them and, like, if any, like they would go on and get another if they could. Like it, In fairness, though, when, when you're 3-1 up, though, like, it's very easy to happen. Just when there's 15 minutes to go. Like, that goal kind of killed the confidence of the players, you know? So, I, I, you know, that that's why, like, the goal happened... At basically the exact time the subs came in. So now even the subs are going to be drained because the game is effectively over. I don't know. I felt I felt like we were still pushing. I think getting two goals at Old Trafford's hard. I don't think they had us where they wanted us. I think we were we were putting on good pressure. I, I think they... I don't think... That, I mean, there was a lot of fouling from their part to kind of break up our play. Fair enough. Um, that was obviously part of the plan. I don't think they had us where they wanted us, though. I think we had to push as well. I think like the game state favored them, but I don't think I don't think it was comfortable for them beyond like the scoreline, meaning it was difficult for us to break back in. So I I disagree there, um, and I think I think it is just those moments like like they had a couple of really good good moments, and I'm not saying that they were lucky. Like the they did prepare, and you know they used that sort of like attack and transition to hurt us. But even if that's what they wanted, I don't think that meant that that was comfortable for them. I think. I think we put on a lot of pressure. We just didn't have that, like, final ball, re- like, that proper one that could just be a goal. And we really could have. Like, that's that's the thing. Like, we were in spaces where those passes could have ended in goals, where we had opportunities. Odegaard got balls in the box where he didn't take the shot where he could have. Like, it's that sort of performance. Um, yeah, I, I think they were very clinical. Um, I thought they played quite well, but I think we were better for a large stretch of the game. So... I would say for like two thirds of the game, we were the better side. Um, it's just uh, we just happened to concede so soon after we equalised, and then we didn't come back. So you know, I don't, I don't feel like they had us right where they wanted us. I think it's just a case of they took their chances, um, and yeah, we were punished for our mistakes. It's one of those where like any result would have been fair. I think like if it was three one to us, I would have thought that's fair. But United were good. If it was three, it's three one to them. I mean, given how those goals came about, I think it was fair. You know what I mean? Mostly, I'm what I'm taking out of it is I think it was a good performance, and we hadn't seen ourselves against like a properly top side 
before the season, so it was something still in the back of my head. But the fact that we performed like that, even with our faults and some small mistakes, like it didn't feel like we fell in on ourselves, although we were outclassed at at a ground that we've traditionally struggled to impose ourselves. So I feel good about it. So, yeah. We're back. We're here. It's the Jurek game now. Uh, that, that was a nice jazzy interlude. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, so the Jurek game, we won, we won the football match. It was lovely. Uh, Marquinhos is a player who played well. Uh, I have not many opinions on this football match because I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, dear listener. I, I didn't watch the game. I watched the highlights on BT Sports YouTube <laughs> channel. I'm a bad <laughs> Arsenal fan. Uh, but yeah, we're gonna have, we're gonna have a quick chat about it, uh, while also discussing the wider repercussions of the fact that players like Gabriel Martinelli started this football game. Let's talk about Marquinhos to start off with, because, um, I think many fans, myself included, were pleasantly surprised by how good he was in this football match. Uh, Abdul, what are your thoughts? He's the best Brazilian winger I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Behind Martinelli. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my but it, honestly, yeah, I I was quite impressed with his um debut. Like, um, like during quite physically capable for a teenager. Um, you know, like he he looks quite robust, um, quite quick. Um, he hold, he was holding the ball up quite well wide. You know, someone played the ball into him out wide. Like, was holding off the the left back quite well. Um, and yeah, like and he. He, he put in some really dangerous crosses. Like, he put in one in for Martinelli early on, which he should have scored. And then he put in the one for Iketi in the second half, which he did score. Um, but all in all, like, a really good debut. Uh, there the were, like, enough instances. Like, I feel like um, if you had, like, a few more touches, maybe he would have been a bit more confident, trying to skills and dribbles and such. But I think for a debut, it's probably as good as it could have been. Uh yeah, so I have watched some of him like um in the in the under twenty ones. Um and he's been good. Like I mean he's he's not he's not what I expected when I got him because I know that like he didn't really have output or whatever, <laughs> like when he coming from where was he? Sao Paulo, I think. Um so I kind of expected this like super dribbly, like lots of flair, but he he's really he's a little bit more like a little bit more in the Martinelli mold of just being like this kind of guy who like high intensity gets onto things. Um, tries to make things happen. Um, but it was nice to watch. Weirdly, like, he, he, at the same as, like, under 21 level, like, he kind of performed, and uh, maybe it was to do with the opposition, but, like, he, he had a very similar performance to what I've seen at under 21s, where he kind of, like, he zones out of phases, but then he has these phases where he's, like, really, like, impactful. Um, he scored that goal. I, I wonder how much, how good the connection was, was, or how much it had to do with the keeper. But that, that assist that he got for, for Eddie was probably, the best thing I've seen from him, like from everything I've watched of him so far, um, was really, really impressive. Like, especially just that, like, ball nicely bent off his left in, into Eddie, header, goal. At under-21's level, I thought he's like a prospect, but I, and he's been dominant there, for sure. Um, but, like, I wasn't as enthused as I am by seeing him now and kind of, like, see him at that same level. But, like, I'll say that with a bit of a pause because I want to see how he does against, like, PSV. Um, but yeah, no, no, I was really happy, and he's he's a, he's he's got that intensity that we kind of that Arteta demands from his his wide players. He was very like like Abdul said, very involved in like the defensive um moments of the game. So, so yeah, I thought it was a really good debut. Um, also I just loved seeing him like how much that goal meant to him. Like, yeah, I don't know, it's nice. Like even I know Ricardo's is like kind of like. He's gonna be. Uh, I swear, after the North London derby, he's gonna be enemy number one for us because because he's gonna be so annoying. Um, he's got that Dele Ale sort of like annoying vibe for, from him. Like if you're a rival fan, but but it was nice to see him like crying over like the Champions League goals. So I always love that from players, and just to see like how much it meant to Marquinhos as well, like a day later, was was nice. Yeah. Another player who got the start in this game that we were looking forward to seeing was Fabio Vieira. Obviously, he didn't make quite as much impact on the score sheet as um, Marquinhos did, uh, but he, he still he still he played football. 
I I have zero opinions on him playing football because again I didn't watch he the game. He wasn't in the highlights. Uh, <laughs> Alex, please tell me things no. about how Fabio Vieira played. I think he had a, a seven out of ten game. I think he was decent. Um, he 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 played a big part in that first goal. Um, of the ball, it was from him, right? Into yeah, it was into Eddie who put the ball across for Marquinhos to, to finish it off. Um, I think he wasn't maybe as like impactful as people were expecting, and I think. My expectation of of Fabio Vieira is, I think, from what I've heard from the Arsenal fan base, is that they think he's a bit more of a controller than he is. Where I think he's really going to be like more of a like final ball guy, who he does still have that like controlling elements, but he's not like a David Silva that I think people think he could be, or like a KDB even in terms of how he can control games. Um, obviously, not at all in Odegaard. Um, but yeah, no, I think I think he played well. I think. I think people were a little bit underwhelmed, but like if he'd scored a goal, which he could have, like people would have thought he had an amazing game. It's one of those, you know what I mean? So not not too worried about him. I think actually maybe I don't know if if towels will allow me, but like he had an amazing cameo in the in the Man United game that we forgot to speak about. Where, yeah, where uh, you can, I, I was meaning to bring that up, but we ran out of time. Yeah, some of the balls he was playing there. Um, yeah, I still think Fabio is also kind of getting to grips, like coming up to speed a little bit. I thought, I thought that in the Man United game, like he, there were moments where he looked a little bit like slow to respond to something, and it's just maybe like restlessness because he didn't have a a preseason. But yeah, I thought he had a good game. I think he had a decent debut. Oh, not debut, first start for Arsenal. Uh, I think yeah, he's just trying to get up to speed with uh, with the team because obviously he didn't have much of a preseason due to his injury, but. Uh, I'm excited to see how he does. Like, I think he's a very, very um, exciting talent. So, yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes. And there's going to be a Europa League game every midweek. So, we're going to see a lot more of him. One thing I'm excited about him is, like, as an option off the bench. Like, he's very different to Odegaard. And I think Odegaard sometimes doesn't push, doesn't force the issue, which I, I like about Fabio Vieira. I think he is someone who's, who's not afraid to, like, play the ball and be a bit more aggressive. I think that's a, that's a great option for when we're actually chasing a match, bringing Odegaard off. We still have that technical ability in close spaces. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm look, that's where I'm really looking forward to seeing more of Fabio like as that impact guy because I think we lacked that in the team last year and I think we have that in him now. And yeah. Yeah, there are two players there who have rotated into the side for the Zurich game and done well. Uh, but like, there are a lot of players in the side who were starters like every week for us, and it's looking like we're not going to give much rest to the likes of Martinelli, Xhaka, uh, Gabriel. We spoke in the last pod about how we could really do with some more depth in a couple areas, and then we didn't go and get that depth. How much of an issue do you think that's going to be, especially now with two games a week every week from now until forever, basically, this season, Alex? Yeah, um, so we obviously spoke about it. I think, like, I think we had a good window. I think it was a big failing in that window because I'm, I'm really worried. I know, I know some people have gone, like, completely overboard with, like, being, like, doomer about it, but, like, I don't feel too far off them just because one bad injury really like wrecks how good this team is. Um, the team that will be playing in the in the Premier League week in week out, um, and what we have nine games or something in October. That means that some players are going to be playing like nine games in October or almost nine, maybe eight games in October. Like we don't have enough, we don't have enough guys to rotate in and out. I mean, actually, to be fair, it does depend on how quickly guys like Partey, um, Alneni and Reese Nelson come back. Um, I'm less worried about Gabriel um, because I think Cedric had a small injury, which is why he didn't play. And I think we'll, we'll probably in the group stages see a bit, quite a bit of Tomiyasu at centre-back, potentially, with Rob Holding playing left centre-back. Um, just because we have three right-backs. I think it's also easy to forget how Martinelli's had his injury struggles and I'm, I'm, I'm worried with how he's going to break down. And then, like, last thing I'll say about, like, those matches, I really didn't like the subs at all. Um, I know we had to, we were, like, not completely dominant in the match. But, I mean, we also looked tired. Like, guys, we brought off the bench. I don't know why we brought Gabi Jesus off the bench and, like, 
Saka, Saka especially, like that guy needs a rest and you can see it in his performances. Even when he's playing well, you can see he lacks that like extra explosiveness. Um, so I didn't, I, I wasn't crazy about that, I won't lie. Um, yeah, so it's a bit worrying and also the performance overall was a bit tired. Like I thought even even with the subs that came on, like it, it wasn't as energetic as we've seen earlier in the season. So hopefully that's not a big thing, but yeah. I don't have um, too much of a worry when it comes to, say, uh, Gabriel. Like you said, Cedric Bukhain, we have to send it back. Um, the, the worry for me is more so, like, obviously, Martinelli and Saka, because we depend so much on those two. Um, there will be games where, um, where we need Martinelli or Saka, like, one of them on the bench. Um, and I don't think we have somebody who can come, on, come off the bench for them besides Eddie. And that's only for chasing a game. So yeah, we're playing Brentford at the weekend. Uh, let, let's let's talk about that. Um, it'll be away again, and Brentford are a team that, like myself, and I'm sure a lot of people listening have quietly admired for a little while. Like they. They play a lot of quite attractive football. It took them a little while to get promoted from the Championship to the Premier League, but now they've done so. They look very comfortable as an established Premier League side, and they do all the things in terms of like smart transfers and like interesting tactical play uh, that make them make them a team that it's easy to have a soft spot if you're a nerd like me. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how we play against them because I think they'll be. A tough test in a similar way to, say, going away to Southhurst Park was on the opening day of the season. Um, but let, let's let's get some expert insight onto this. Abdul, uh, how are Brentford playing right now? What can you tell me about them? Well, I've, I've been quite pleased with our start to the season. Um, you know, uh, we won two big home games. We've drawn most of our away games. Um, I do feel we probably should have gotten another win there or two. Um, but yeah, we mainly play a four-three-three. Um, you know, one, um, six, two, eight. Uh, we play with, with very wide forwards. Um, when it comes to the big teams, however, we tend to play um, like a three-five-two. Um, with Tony and Mbemo up front, uh, and then we, we utilize like Tony's ability in the air to win second balls, to maybe get uh, to win. To win, like to chest down a ball or to head the ball to Mbemo. Um and in general, our main game is to play out on the back. We've got like David Raya, who's an excellent distributor from goal. Uh, we, may, we we try to use the width a lot with Rico Henry, who bombs forward quite a lot from left back or left wing back. Um, and yeah, and generally we we try to make the game like very physical, um, whilst utilizing like. Like, you know, like the overload at the, at the back, you know, we either play with a back three or or maybe like the DM drops in as well. So we mainly try to utilize that to like destabilize teams and because Tony's just so good in the air, it's always like a good thing to play long. I think one thing we're, we're quite good at, not perfect, but quite good at is um, when we win the ball, we're quite good at just keeping it and then moving it forward. Uh, I think it probably helps that we have like uh, three in midfield and then maybe a three in the back, obviously for this game. So yeah, I think I think generally speaking, we'll be looking to try and press high, um, play along to Tony, um, use Raya's kicks, uh, try to keep the ball as much as possible, and yeah, mainly just just try like nasty as possible. Not in terms of tackles, but also just in terms of like pressing, being aggressive, that sort of thing. Yeah, I think so. So. The other game Brentford have played this season against a so-called, like, big six side was against United, uh, and it was before United had, uh, for lack of a better phrase, got their shit together this season, and you absolutely walloped them 4-0. Uh, like, in terms of, like, how Brentford played in that game, do you think there's anything that we, as Arsenal fans, can learn about how they're going to approach the game against us? Um, we scored two goals off of winning the ball in uh, United's half. Um, I think also just it's hard to completely neuter Tony, but just so you can lock the ball to him, and you can hold the ball up really well, and win pretty much everything in the air. I think that is also like a big, big worry. 
but that's something that most teams can't really handle or don't choose to handle. Um, but I think the, the main thing is to try and keep possession. Um, obviously, Arsenal have like better um, technicians in midfield and you know at the back. So the main thing really for Arsenal is to keep the ball, to uh, to not give it away, you know, in their own half, and not to let Brentford like. Not necessarily to start a counter-attack, but more so to... If they start in a counter-attack, one thing we do well is we keep, we keep, we, like, keep the ball well high up with Tony. And obviously that, that means other players are going to obviously gonna run a rush forward to try and, you know, support him and Mbemo. So it's mainly just trying to delay... Trying to stop the counter-attacks from forming too quickly. I think, that, I think those are the main things to worry about. Alex, is there anything in that that particularly worries you uh, from an Arsenal perspective? Um, I think just in general, I'm like, I really like Thomas Frank, and I think he he sets teams up well, especially when they're like the underdog team. Um, and yeah, he's got really good like good players for that sort of direct style against us. I think it'll be interesting to kind of see like Ivan Tony on on Saliba because uh, as we've spoken about before, Saliba in the air is one of the places I think he's kind of weak um, and I think they could try really try pin him um, and like have it, Tony on him kind of like what they did with Lissandro I, I mean I know Lissandro there was that sort of discussion that he didn't lose a header but <clears throat> a lot of the times he didn't have the control after he won that header and then of course there was the goal like so I do think that and Thomas Frank pointed it out that they kind of targeted <clears throat> sorry that they targeted Lissandra, and I think it worked for them. Um, and I think that's obviously something that goes into his thinking, and I think he could look at Saliba in a similar way. Um, maybe we'll have we'll have Gabriel to kind of, like, you know, be able to um, help manage that. We'll see. I think it, it can be difficult from set pieces. Um, that's my main worry. I think in possession, I think we might actually be quite nicely set versus them. Um... Just, just being able to ha- get that control, but then again, it's those transition moments. It's, it's where the zombie will be awake. It's where the, yeah, it's where we'll be able to manage those transitions. So those are my, those are my main worries. Um, they're a good team. I think, I think them missing some of their key center backs is really good. Um, just for us to be able to kind of like cut them apart, because I can see, like Gabriel G. Yes, just being able to kind of break through them a little bit, which is nice. Um, just if we get the ball in around, because they don't, I don't know if I'm right in saying this, but you guys don't really have like the 1v1 in those sort of situations or your center backs, your defense isn't always like the the quickest to react to sort of like players like twisting or turning on them, right? No, yeah, like um, I love Pontus Janssen, but he's not someone who's great at um, like reacting to like like quick situations around him. Um, Whereas, like, Pinnock is very good at recovering um, and Ayer as well. Um, as if, if, if Ayer fits, I think that's a big boost to Brentford. Um, but I think from an Arsenal perspective, obviously, you know, the aim should be to win this game. And I think having those injuries will, like, greatly increase our loss. Yeah, I'll be honest, I'm worried about this game. Like, I, I can easily see... Brentford getting one, maybe two uh, goals in a very similar way to how United did catching us in transition. Like, I don't think... Uh, I think in Mbwemo and Tony, they have the forwards uh, capable of catching us uh, with speed like that. And I don't think we're set up in a way that's going to be able to defend that. I don't think... Uh, Let's just say the United game has not increased my faith in our ability to not get cut up the gut. For sure. And I think Aston Villa was even a good... Like, I don't think Aston Villa could really put it together, but they also had us in transition moments. They just didn't have that quality. Um, it's just whether it's it's whether Brentford have the, that like quality, because, I mean, United did cut us apart, but also in terms of personnel, they have some of the best counter-attacking players like in world football. Rashford is always a demon in transition, right? Um, it's a defensive Mbomo and, and like, the likes of Super Sub, who can, like, give us the same sort of problems, I think. I, I can easily see this game being one of those games where, like, it's... Uh, attack is the best forward defence, uh, 
the team's kind of outscoring each other, trying to outscore each other instead of like particularly trying to stop the other team from scoring. Uh, like I could see this game racking up a cricket score quite quickly if we're as open at the back as we were against United, uh, and if Brentford uh, missing a couple key defenders. I guess my last point is just I think we handled this game. I think it was the second fixture, so that was away from home. I think we handled it really well um, last season. Like, we really contained Brentford. I think the end score was 2-1, but I think it was a, a very dominant performance from us. But that did obviously depend a lot, as as you're pointing out, on, on being able to handle those transitions, which is obviously something that there's a bit more of a question mark over now. Because even back then, it was Tierney, I think, who started the game. And, like, I don't know if Zinchenko is as great, but I don't think, uh, in defensive moments, but I don't think... Brentford are going to threaten us there. So then it really does come down to Sambi, like how we're going to handle that. Um, yeah. Before we end off the pod, uh, let's get my favourite part and Alex's least favourite part done. Uh, let's predict the score. <laughs> uh, and I'm... Well, I said earlier how I'm a pretty pessimistic going into this game and I'm going to back my pessimism guns and predict that we lose this. I'm going to say this finishes 2-1 Brentford. Okay, well, I'm next up. I'm going to say 2-1 Arsenal. Uh, I'll predict 2-1 Arsenal as well. Um, yeah, I think that's what I would go with, 2-1. Uh, uh, but I think Brentford will start off very strongly. Um, I think also one thing I want to quickly mention is um, Thomas Frank is very aggressive when it comes to subs. Um, so he's definitely going to utilise the five-sub rule. And, you know, if Brentford are tra- training the game, he'll definitely bring on a striker, bring on... Uh, probably take off a defender, that sort of thing. And that's something that Arsenal have to be prepared for. Well, that's just about it uh, in terms of the pod this week. That's all we have time for. Uh, thanks very much to Abdul for joining us from a park. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, it was, yeah, I had a lot of fun, minus the audio. But yeah, thanks for having me. No worries, it's been a pleasure having you on. If you want to find out more opinions on Brentford and or Arsenal and or both, uh, follow Abdul on Twitter at Flaminiesta. Uh, thanks to Alex, as always, for being smarter than me. It's a pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find him on Twitter at AlexFRCO. And thanks to James Blake for making the music on this pod. You can find his music at all good music services at JW Blake. And last but not least, thanks very much to you for listening. We will be back next week uh, to cover another Europa League game, another Premier League game, and a look back on the Brentford game. See you then.